Welcome to Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. And now, here's your host, Work Mom. Hello, everybody. It's Lori Jovest, and I'm so glad you're listening to episode 17 of Work Mom Says Don't Be an Idiot. I am here to help you play the emotional contact sport that is business. And today, uh, we are going to talk about one of the basics, how to work for an idiot. I have worked for oh, at least three or four different idiots. And I wonder if it would be a good idea getting started to talk about the definition of idiot. <sighs> what does that mean? Um, I usually think of someone as an idiot when they make stupid decisions, when they risk things that they shouldn't be risking for the thrill, you know, take chances they shouldn't take, um, aren't kind when they should be. Um, A lot of times I would think someone who is an idiot has a low EQ, which is your intelligence around your emotions. So let's talk about how we can potentially reframe some of these idiot bosses. And I've had a couple of them that I felt like I could learn a lot from them, even though they weren't maybe the best bosses or managers or leaders. And so I focused on what I could learn from those people. And that's really one of the best things you can do is how can you learn from that individual? Can you learn to be patient? Can you learn skills that you need in your industry? Can you learn about your industry? Um, Can you learn to be compassionate? That's one of the most important things you can learn is to look at someone as a full 100% human being with both wonderful qualities and faults and flaws just like you have. So that compassion can help you reframe that idiot boss, help you see them as people rather than just idiots. So um, let's move on a little bit. Some people are simply more difficult than others. And I'll, I'm going to tell you a little story about a book I wrote back in 2008. It was launched with my co-author, Marilyn Suttle, dear friend, wonderful, wonderful trainer. And it's called Who's Your Gladys? How to Turn Even the Most Difficult Customer into Your Biggest Fan. And what Marilyn and I realized when we were writing that book was that difficult people sometimes get a, a, a hard deal. They get They have difficult lives. And a lot of times they're not difficult on purpose. Maybe they've had a traumatic history. Maybe they've learned to be the way they are because it's the only way they know to get what they want and to get what they need. So great book, lots of great suggestions. We decided to couch our compassion and love in business content under customer service because of the fact that People in customer service so often have to deal with incredibly difficult people. They don't have a choice. Uh, If you deal with the public, the general public in your business, say you're answering calls, you know, at a helpline or something, you are going to deal with difficult people. 
And so we decided to, to couch the content in the context of customer service. But it's a really, really good book just for general business to listen, you know, to, to read about how to manage people that are challenging to you. So pick that up. It's on Amazon. Um, it's still in print. It's a great way to learn some emotional skills. And what we learned in doing that book are some of the things that we're going to talk about today. And in one example, what if you decided that you really liked your idiot boss in spite of their challenging personalities? And I'll give you an example of this. Okay, this is a teachable moment. That's what I like to call a teachable moment. A teachable moment here, people. Time for another teachable moment. When I was um, in my late 20s, I was a sales manager at a video production facility. And we had a sales guy named Bob. And Bob was the old school sales guy, you know, pat you on the back, give you a huge discount, and then he'd get the work. And I was a more, you know, progressive salesperson at that time. And I was also the sales manager. And what we did was build strong relationships, do really good work, and solve client problems. So there was a real disconnect between the way I did things and the way Bob did things. And he also just had this little edge to him that I just, just rubbed me the wrong way. And because I was his boss, I really didn't have a choice in, in working with him because, you know, you're not going to immediately fire someone. Plus he was about 15 years older than me. So there could have been an ageism accusation. If I had done that, it just wasn't the right thing to do. So the right thing to do was to decide to like Bob. That was hard. However, we started kidding around with each other about how we were best friends. And before you know it, we really got to know each other better. I learned to really appreciate Bob. And I it was really bizarre how well it worked. I was surprised myself because I started joking around with him. I started intentionally being extra kind, intentionally, you know, I still held him to high standards, but intentionally kind of ignoring some of the comments and things he would make that didn't fit. And, you know, like any training situation, what you ignore will recede. What you pay attention to will grow. So I paid attention to the things that I loved about Bob. Eventually, Bob and I were really good friends, and he gave me a kitten. It's really funny. He had a kitten that needed adopting, and I adopted it. So anyway, it was a really interesting relationship, but I decided to like him. So that's one thing you can do is decide to really look for the good things about that person um, that boss and and then work from that context. Now, in researching for this episode, because you know I want to make sure I'm not just spouting my own opinions, I came across a guy that wrote a book called "How to Work for an Idiot: How to Survive and Thrive Without Killing Your Boss." It was written by a guy named John Hoover, and he talked about idiot engineering, and that's exactly what we're talking about. And another quote from him that's just so good is, even though idiot bosses are inevitable, they are not terminal. So you can work with your idiot boss. And he talks about idiot engineering, a couple of things. When your boss is an idiot, they, for example, I had a boss when I was um, in my 20s who didn't know much about marketing. 
Well, he didn't know I didn't know much about marketing either. I knew a lot about sales. I had to learn about marketing. I took classes about marketing. I studied and I tried things. I experimented with our marketing, different ad headlines, different, you know, maybe press releases instead of an ad, um, different types of promotional material. And because my boss was what John Hoover describes as clueless, he gave me a wide open field. And that means I was able to try a lot of different things. So look at how you can engineer the idiot situation. And John Hoover says the whole idea is to make working conditions more conducive to your career growth. So what he's talking about is being strategic. Really be strategic. Like if your boss is just annoying, figure out a way that you can think of him in a way that is less annoying. Figure that out. Be strategic. And I'll tell you another story of a idiot boss. This guy was crazy. He couldn't stop talking. Couldn't stop talking. We had heard that he used to be a heavy drinker and he had stopped drinking. Didn't go to any AA meetings, didn't go to any counseling. So he was what I would call a dry drunk. What does that mean? A dry drunk is someone who maybe stops the bad habit that they use to deal with whatever the underlying problem in their life is, but they stop drinking or consuming, you know, whatever their drug of choice is, but they don't deal with the issue. And so this guy, Tom, always seemed anxious and he couldn't stop talking. And a lot of people that are anxious will do that. They will just talk, 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 talk. He also had somewhat of an ego. So he would just like talk a blue streak and you wouldn't get a word in edgewise. However, what I figured out was that Tom loved to teach. He loved to teach people what he knew. And I was new to the video industry. Video was at the time was very technical And there were a lot of things you needed to know in order to get the client's program finished. There were a lot of things you needed to know to put together a budget, to steward the project through the facility, the shooting, the editing, the animation, and to the finish. And you had to know a certain amount of technical things, or you could make really dumb decision and just screw up the whole thing. So what I did was I would look for those times when Tom really wanted to talk and ask him to talk about the things that I needed to know. And so he felt great because he was teaching me. I felt great because I was learning so much. And I stayed there for three and a half years. I fought some battles. Um, There were a lot of like really strange things that happened between Tom and his wife, who also worked for the company. It was hard. As long as I was still learning, and felt like I was accomplishing things, I stuck with it. When I didn't feel that way anymore, it was time to move on. So one of the ways you can stay strategic to give you a little more um, specific advice is don't make meaning out of things that happen. Um, There's a personal growth organization called Landmark Education, and they talk about how we are meaning-making machines something happens, we make a meaning out of it, and then we behave, talk, act based on the meaning that we gave that occurrence. So 
just keep that in your mind. And are there things that happen that your boss does that you could just ignore and focus instead on what you want to accomplish? What do you want to get out of that gig? Can you get what you want without too much drama and pain? Can you back away when things start start to get strange? Be that person that comes into the office, doesn't gossip with everybody else about how awful the boss is because that doesn't help. And stay strategic, stay out of the drama, stay above the fray, and and look at the job as a bridge to somewhere else. Look at it as your learning, your revenue stream until you can make the jump to the next position that serves you maybe better, maybe where the boss isn't such an idiot. Another thing an idiot boss will love is when you make them look good. When you do a great job, you make your boss look good. And even an idiot will treat you better when you make them look good. Um, And a lot of idiot bosses are very subject to fawning. They really like it when you compliment them, when you manage their personality. When you give them what they need, they will think more highly of you. So those are just some real basic ideas. Um, Another thing that people do when they're in a situation with an idiot boss, and we'll wrap it up pretty quick here, is when you're in a situation with an idiot boss and you are doing your work and you know your work is good and that idiot boss criticizes your work, that you know is good, it can send you for a loop. It can throw you into an emotional frenzy that causes you to think of them as even more of an idiot. When in reality, your work that you're getting paid for by your company, who is managed by your boss, is work that you don't own. Don't be precious with it. Do the work, hand it over, do it the best of your ability, hand it over, take the feedback, revise it accordingly, and know that work that you are being paid for is work that you are doing for someone else. They own it. You don't own it. So it's not personal. It's a lot easier to stay strategic in your mindset and logical in your behavior when you're not taking everything personally, because taking everything personally will get you nowhere. Now let's circle back to the beginning. The idiot boss, in my opinion, is often someone who just doesn't have a lot of EQ, doesn't have a lot of um, ability to manage their emotion. Maybe they're not as good at their job as they should be, but that doesn't have to be fatal. So what I tell people is do a cost-benefit analysis of staying at that position with that boss versus going to a new position. Are there reasons you should stay? Have you learned everything you need to learn yet? Are there reasons you should leave? If your boss is toxic, and you'll hear me say this over and over, if you can't stand the thought of going into work on Monday morning because your boss is just so nasty, that's not an idiot boss. That's a toxic boss. In that case, get the heck out of there. So that's what I have for you today, guys. Um, I do want to give a word to our sponsor. Um, Work Mom Says is sponsored by Pop Speed Digital Marketing, LLC. 
That's the organization that pays our bills. My husband and I have an ad agency called Pop Speed Digital Marketing, and we take care of the bills for Work Mom Says until we get strong enough, build a big enough audience that we can have a sponsor. We are looking and gathering our numbers and growing our audience. Um, Please share this podcast with other young professionals that you think it might be helpful for. And uh, here's a word from Pop Speed. One, two, three, let's go! If your marketing engine needs some horsepower, the team at Pop Speed Digital Marketing is ready to do what they do best. Pick up those digital marketing projects, lessen the load, and provide the support you need. Websites, SEO content, social media, lead gen. We do it all, and even better, we do it well. Check us out on LinkedIn or visit our website at popspeeddigital.com. Pop Speed Digital Marketing. Okay, yeah, that was seriously over the top. We love over the top. Um, one of the things work mom will always say is if you cannot have fun, why do it? And yes, work can be fun and it should be. So otherwise fun means productivity guys. Our last episode, we talked about how fun makes your team 20% more productive. So keep that in mind. And as we wrap up today, do me a favor, go to workmomsays.com. Um, leave me a comment, uh, send me a little note, tell me what you think. I would love to hear from you. I'm looking for ideas for guests. If you think you'd like to be a guest, we have young professionals and leaders on, and I'd love to hear from you. What do you want us to talk about? How can I help you? What questions can I answer? I am here to help. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm looking forward to the next one. Take care. Thanks for listening to Work Mom Says. Don't be an idiot. For more information, you can email Work Mom at L O R I WorkMomSays.com. That's Lori at WorkMomSays.com. And remember, <sighs> don't be an idiot. <laughs>